This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. Welcome to the Cleveland Guardians Fancast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardians Fancast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFanCast.com. Coming off another win over the Kansas City Royals 10-7. The Guardians are headed to Cincinnati today. Kind of fun to have four straight days of afternoon games, even if you're at work, you know, you kind of take a glance at your phone now and then and see what the score is and have the game to think about all day. It's especially fun when they win, so enjoy to see that. Of course, the team has scored 27 runs over the last couple days, so it's kind of hard not to be excited about that. And our boy Stephen Kwan continues to impress, hitting a triple with the bases loaded yesterday to put the Guardians uh, up at a point where you feel a little more comfortable, give them a 9-6 to lead at that time. Yesterday's game had a lot of kind of peaks and valleys. Aaron Savale had a lot of uh, control issues, which is unusual for him, not something I expect to continue. He's a guy who throws an absolute ton of pitches. So early on in the season, not terribly surprising to see him still trying to get a feel for all those pitches. I'm not really concerned about that, as I said, so I think things will work out. Trevor Steffen looked good. Logan Allen looked good for a couple of innings. I still kind of believe in Logan Allen. It'll be interesting to see what happens as the team kind of progresses a little bit. Uh, Connor Pilkington will be sent down once the rosters contract for sure. But if you need another spot on the roster, Allen doesn't have any more options. So hopefully he continues to perform well here. Uh, Hinches will probably would probably go back down because he got another option because he has had some injury issues. So as a guy who's kind of on the bubble a little bit on the roster, great to see Logan Allen perform well, and he's a great guy. You should read Zach Meisel's article about him and his brother. So just just looking forward to seeing him get some more opportunities and perform well in the limited role that he's got. So I think that was managed well. Uh, Brian Shaw came in and gave up a couple hits and a walk. And again, Tito needs to realize that Brian Shaw is not a reliable high leverage reliever anymore. He's a fine guy to have around for the fifth and sixth innings. He's a fine guy to have around when you have a lead or you're behind. But when you're in a close game and you're trying to get a win, he's not the guy that you want in those situations. Nick Sandlin, who pitched well yesterday, Anthony Ghost, Trevor Steffen, Emmanuel Classe, of course, those are the guys that you want to see in those situations. Classe had another rough game, kind of getting uh, batting average and ball on balls and played out there, you know, kind of unlucky to some degree. But then when guys connect with the ball, he throws so hard, they're going to hit it out like the Royals did. So hopefully he kind of gets his feel for his slider a little bit more, gets some more swings and misses, and kind of makes that work. Analysis from yesterday's game kind of put out there for you in in that brief period there. Saw Franmil get a a hit, which was 
a decent hit where he got it. It wasn't hard hit, but it was it was good to see him kind of go the other way a little bit and drop one in. Jose Ramirez also blooped one in. He puts himself in a position where he can do that. Uh, the, the offense was looking really good yesterday. Owen Miller looked good. Oscar Mercado hit another home run. Oscar Mercado not hitting too many balls, but when he does, they're going a long way. Uh, just I think Oscar Mercado is a great choice to have as your right-handed platoon option. So if you got left-handers, get him out there, and he can be a defensive replacement if need be. Uh, so it's been great to see him perform a little bit. So I have some questions that I'll be interested in seeing the Guardians sort through over the next week or so. We heard yesterday that Josh Naylor expected expected to return for the home opener. He's going to play today and tomorrow in Columbus and then come back for the home opener. So when Josh Naylor comes back, I assume that a position player is going to be either sent down or DFA'd. Uh, that means designated for assignment. And if it's a designated for assignment, it could be Bobby Bradley or it could be Yu Chang. I'm not 100% sure what direction they're going to go. It would seem to me to make sense to trade or designate for assignment Yu Chang because he just seems a little redundant on this roster where you have Owen Miller and you have Ernie Clement who can play multiple infield positions. So that would be my preference to make that happen when Josh Naylor comes back. I also would be totally fine with Bobby Bradley being the one being DFA'd or traded because I just don't really believe in that hitting profile. But it seems unlikely that's going to be the case because they haven't played Josh Naylor at first in the spring or in spring training or in Columbus. I'm pretty confused by that, honestly, because it seems to make sense to me to have Josh Naylor play first. They know that Bobby Bradley isn't the answer there. They know that because they tried to pursue Matt Olson, and they've never been locked in on Bobby Bradley being the first baseman full-time. We know that Josh Naylor's played first. He's played first for the Guardians, and he's played first for the Padres and the Miners, and it seems like he's a fairly okay option at first base and we know from Missouri him last year that he's not a good defensive right fielder right now it's fun to watch the ball go to the outfield and right field because you know it's going to be caught uh, yesterday Quan actually dropped one which you know was one of those few times that he's looked like a rookie where he was looking at the runner about to head home before he got the ball in his glove I'm sure that's not a mistake he's going to make very often <clears throat> But that's uh, that was observed yesterday. In general, the ball going to the outfield has been a great thing with this outfield that we have. So with the team we have, I'm not sure why they're not looking at Naylor at first. Maybe they will in the next couple of days at Columbus, and that would give us kind of an indication of what they're going to do with Bobby Bradley. Maybe they are confident in his ability to handle it, so they're willing to move him there later if need be. Some people have been asking me, like, why should Naylor get additional chances? He hasn't looked very good. And it is true that Naylor has not looked good in the major leagues for the Guardians, except for a playoff game, a playoff series against the Yankees, where he was really the only one who could hit the ball in uh, the 2020 playoffs. So beyond that, he really just hasn't looked very good. 
the best thing you can say about him is that he doesn't strike out a ton. Last year he struck out 18%, which is pretty decent. The year before he struck out 11.5%, which is more uh, around the amount that he struck out in the minor leagues and kind of what you would expect. But he didn't hit for much power. Right before he got hurt last year, that gruesome ankle injury, he started to show a little bit more power, started to kind of put the ball in play with authority a little more often. And that's what they're looking for from Josh Naylor. That's what it looks like from his minor league stats that he's capable of, that he hasn't quite shown, or at least hasn't shown in any consistent manner in the majors. Now, Josh Naylor is still only 24 years old. He's going to turn 25 this year. And in general, as I've said before, you got to wait till a player is about 26 years old and has a good amount of plate appearances in the majors to be able to tell who they are. And Josh Naylor has only had in the majors 633 plate appearances, which is about a season's worth of plate appearances. So you don't know much about him as still a guy who's only 24 years old. That's the reason they're going to take a better look at him. I just wish it would be at first base and not quite sure why not. Another player it'll be interesting to see them sort out is Ahmed Rosario. And Rosario has really been smacking the ball with authority. One of those guys who, if you look at his exit velocities, he's all over the charts as the guy on the Guardians who's hitting the ball hardest of anyone else. Besides Jose Ramirez and Framil Reyes, they're up there too. So the question is, what do you do with Ahmed Rosario? And it's certainly a question that the Guardians are asking. Unfortunately, he is a terrible shortstop. You look at defensive runs saved on fan graphs, or if you go to Baseball Savant and you search Ahmed Rosario and look at his feeling numbers, his outs above average, atrocious. Defensive runs saved, atrocious. He looks just slightly below average in uh, ultimate zone rating from fan graphs, but that would be the least reliable of the defensive metrics that we have. Just looking at him with the eye test, he has terrible range. He doesn't have good instincts at all. In fact, the instincts at shortstop seem to be the biggest issue for him. He doesn't always make the plays that he should make with his glove. His arm is great. So that's why the team is trying him out in the outfield. So a possibility could be Ahmed plays in left and uh, Stephen Kwan plays in right. But then what do you do with Josh Naylor if you're not going to move him to first, which it doesn't look like they're going to move him to first. If they move Josh Naylor to first, then I could see Ahmed playing more in left and Quan playing in right. Quan's arm is probably not ideal for right field. It isn't ideal for right field. So that's kind of an issue, but you feel like you could probably make it work. Ahmed had a terrible opening day in left field, but the wind was really an issue there. And I do think that as an athletic player, he can probably make do in left field and be all right, especially when you have Straw and Quan with the range that they have in the other two spots. So this could be a possibility. Maybe it's something we see the team explore. But I just don't see it right now because they haven't been putting Naylor at first. So where do you put Ahmed Rosario? Well, right now they have him playing at shortstop, but they know, the team knows, that he's not a good shortstop. And they have multiple guys who can play a great shortstop. You have Andres Jimenez, who is a great shortstop. He could play shortstop. And you have Gabriel Arias at Columbus hitting the ball well and playing a great shortstop, he needs to be brought up soon. So if Ahmed is playing short, it's only until they bring Arias up. 
I don't understand why the team hasn't tried Ahmed Rosario at second, and I can only assume it's because they believe the same defensive issues he has at short would occur at second. It would make sense to me to give him the chance to kind of win that second base job and then have Jimenez and Arias kind of compete for the shortstop job and have the other one be a backup whenever they come up or have the other one go to AAA and have Ernie Clement be your backup there and as well as Owen Miller who can play over there. So that's kind of what I would have expected them to do, but it's possible the team says, hey, the same issues he's got at short, he's going to have at second. That's the best explanation I can come up with. It's difficult to figure out exactly how Ahmed fits on this team because of the particular players who are coming up and performing for this team. But his bat, you want to get his bat in the lineup. Now, I do believe he would be best served to play against left-handed pitching almost all the time. But he is uh, WRC+, plus, which again, 100 is average. Is, has 81 for his career entering the year. Now he's had a good start to his season against right-handed pitching. So maybe, you know, as a still young player, only 26 years old, he's figuring out how to hit right-handers. You got to be careful looking at those splits too closely until a player's pretty far into their career. So all that to say, it feels like his bat would be great at second. It feels like some of his defensive liabilities would be better at second. I'm not quite sure why that doesn't happen. And I'll be interested to see if they put him back in left field or if he plays shortstop until Arias is ready and then they look to trade him. Everybody is saying they're going to trade Ahmed Rosario, but I do think they have to be careful about that because right now he is the guy who's hitting the ball with the most consistent authority in the lineup. So you don't just trade that player just because it's hard to figure out where to put him on your team. You work and try to figure out what's the best spot for him. And I'm confident that they will. Another question I have for the Guardians is how they're figuring out the bullpen issues and mainly how are they communicating to Tito Francona that, as I said, Brian Shaw can't be your seventh inning guy. He's not capable of that anymore. Uh, I think that's the worst thing about them signing Brian Shaw. It's not that signing a veteran reliever was a bad idea. He can provide a veteran presence in the bullpen. I'm sure he's helpful to the other guys, and he's willing to go out there every day. And he can get the job done, but he's also going to have a lot of days like he had on Monday where he gives up hits and he gives up walks. The walks are really what's hurting him the most, and it started last year, and it's been going on for a while now that he just is walking too many guys and he just can't seem to get that control that he used to have. So they've got to realize this. The front office has to communicate with Tito. Tito has to know he's not the guy for the seventh innings. And we'll see if they can maybe bring up another guy to kind of fill that role, to help out with that role. And in the old De Los Santos, when we get past the period where we need piggyback starters, guys that are helping out the starters, maybe they can reconfigure the team to get him in. Uh, I just don't (laughs) want to see too many games lost because Tito relies on Sean's situations he's not really capable of handling anymore. And I'm sure after I say that today, Shaw's going to come out and strike out the side or something. That's usually the way it goes. But looking forward to a series against Cincinnati, looking forward to seeing how the team answers these questions. It's great to see Stephen Kwan answering the question of what he's capable of and cementing himself as a starter hitting in the two-hole. It's great to see Oscar Mercado showing that he's a reliable, at least part-time outfielder. 
And it's great to see Owen Miller showing that he needs to get at-bats at first base, that, that his ability to hit the ball no matter what is translating to the majors. Very exciting to see this team develop, and hopefully they'll continue to do so as we head into the next series. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.